I'm John Grogan, and this is the Weekly Marketing Minute presented by Animus Digital, a digital creative studio based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Weekly Marketing Minute is a weekly email, blog, and podcast content channel from our team to yours to help you understand how you can scale and grow your business with marketing methods that you can implement yourself. We'll talk about everything from ideology to strategy and software. Let's dive in. Before we jump in today, I wanted to share something with you that I think will be hugely helpful for small business owners and solopreneurs as we enter 2023. We've had the immense privilege to work with companies in a one-on-one consulting and coaching environment, and also to provide them with creative and marketing services. We've realized that a lot of our small business customers have a hard time affording some of the things that they need to grow at the pace that they desire. And so as we enter 2023, we're going to be offering core, uh, classroom type environments for our clients to join in a group setting. This can look uh, anything like from a Zoom conference call uh, over the span of a month, uh, broken up into different classes, all the way to in-person uh, classes on a weekly basis at Tulsa Tech, giving you the information you need in a group setting where you can network with other business owners and also have a chance to you know, learn the skills you need to manage and ultimately save money uh, rather than spending that on having somebody else manage your marketing for you. We can't wait to share more with you. We'll be sending you all the details via email. But in the meantime, let's get to today's conversation. Hey there, thanks so much for joining. As we jump into today, I just I want to talk a little bit about branding in a way that can be helpful for our small business and startup owner um, listeners that maybe, you know, this word is kind of uh, abused in a lot of ways, um, especially in uh, our industry. The creative and ad agency environment has used branding to mean a lot of different things. And so, um, yeah, we'll, (laughs) we'll kind of define some of that for you. But I have three really simple things that you can think about when it comes to your branding. And I wanted to keep today really quick for you because branding, again, with it being so confusing, the last thing I want is for you to listen to this podcast and walk away thinking like, oh my gosh, like, what do I even do with all this? So the three main areas that we consider when it comes to your branding, and before I even mention those, one thing I'd like to say that really simplifies this down for a lot of our clients is that branding is really the, the, emotions and experiences that come to mind for someone, the image that someone paints in their head when they hear the name of your company. I'll repeat that for you. Branding is what your your client, your viewer, your, you know, maybe just the average person out there on the street experiences, thinks about, feels when they hear the name of your company. If you have a small business, there's a very good chance that a lot of people in the US don't feel anything. They've never even heard of you. And that's a part of branding. If they have a negative reaction, maybe you had someone on staff, maybe it was you, (laughs) we won't go there. Uh, That was, you know, incredibly harsh with customers or uh, was dishonest with customers that contributes to your branding. Now, obviously we come at this from a marketing and advertising and creative perspective. So our goal is to enhance your brand and expose that to the world. But 
some companies that we work with do have hurdles coming in because they've had many negative experiences that ultimately we have to help re-engineer. Meaning you had a stint where you, you know, weren't doing the quality of work that maybe you would prefer to represent your brand. And now we have to do the work to help you, you know, show, get good reviews, show that you do good work, um, bring in the people that are really proud of what you do and happy with your business. Um, and so all of that contributes to branding. I, I think that hopefully starts to, you know, expose some, some thoughts for you, um, start to kind of connect those synapses. Um, the three areas that I'd like to talk about today are real briefly, creative, uh, quality, creative, just creative creativity in general regarding your brand uh, is is the first one. The second thing is how you position your messaging and your offer. And the last thing I'm going to call your ethos. I am not your, you know, I, I'm self-taught in a lot of areas. I've, I've spent a lot of time educating myself in marketing. Um, I use some different verbiage because of that. <laughs> But I like to call it your ethos because this is where we start to attach uh, the feeling aspect of what your business ev evokes from people. Let's talk about creative first. This is a very simple one because it is typically the first thing that my clients experience when they think about branding. Creative quality. Now, when I say that, I mean the logos, the branding, the color palettes, the fonts, all of the things that you're doing, they do matter. And I know a lot of business owners that are willing to sacrifice on the creative on the front end. Now, if if you have to decide, um, you know, between, you know, crucial business operations before creative, I think obviously there is merit to having a, a minimum viable product, building out an MVP, building out the business enough to prove that it's, you know, to basically get the business running, to get the idea going. Um, before you spend a whole bunch of money in the creative side. I do think that's valid, but I also think most startup owners, especially, they miss an opportunity when they are, you know, putting together their MVP, their minimum viable product. If you don't know what that is, it's basically the initial product that you'll put together to prove that it is a, you know, a monetizable or usable idea and that users actually want it. So you'll kind of put together almost a, a little bit of a rough idea. Um, and typically the full feature set's not included there. Um, or if you're a small business owner, you know, you're just trying to get the service. It may even be self-branded at that point. It's under your name and you're just kind of going around providing the service. There's no real company name yet. But I think a lot of business owners, startup owners miss opportunity on the front end by branding it well. Uh, typically, even in the valuation process, when someone's trying to raise capital for a startup, valuations are a lot higher for those with higher quality creative. So if we take the, the same minimum viable product and we pair them against each other and one has a much more fleshed out brand um, that appears modern, that it, you know meets the standards for even starting to think about like ADA compliance, which is huge um, for a lot of industries they're going to get a higher valuation paired with the exact same product in a, you know, maybe a, a less thoughtful approach. Um, things that we use to define quality. Number one, uh, 
is your brand consistent? A lot of people, I mean, I think the stats still range in the high 80s to even 90% of people that are, you know, they attribute quality to a brand by how consistent it is. So, you know, if your logo uses a different font every time you post on social media, something, you know, that doesn't really communicate a lot of quality there. Um, you know, other aspects of that, you know, I always warn people from following trends because I think trend trends obviously go out of style. And so if you're, you're branding, your logo is based on trendiness, then eventually it's got a timeline. Um, you know, we all think about those classic logos, those classics, uh, the, the styles that we see pervasive, um, throughout the lifespan of a company. Um, you know, a lot of car companies have this kind of consistent brand that kind of evolves over time. You kind of want to go for that classic look that has a modern impl uh, implication, right? And you can, or application rather, uh, and you can update those applications over time, but it is incredibly important that you find something that will stand the test of time. Um, and I, you know, I think the consistency really comes down to not just your iconography, your fonts, your color palettes, the layout, how the logo is used. Is it, um, you know, are you going to put it on images? When you put it on images, do you change the text color? There's all of those applicational aspects that I think are really important to ask good questions about. And you can, you know, decide some of those on the front end if you have some creative ability. But if you don't, it's good to hire someone. Now I do get this question, uh, what do I do if I don't have the money to afford the full branding set that I need? Um, rather than ignoring it, I would I would personally go to a creative if I you know if I didn't have the skill set myself, I would go to a, a creative expert and uh, I would spend time really researching who the best is, <laughs> get some reviews and all of that. Um, but I would ask them, hey, I've got this amount of money. We want to work with you long term. And we want to develop this brand really holistically. What can you do for this amount that will help us? Sometimes it's as simple as having someone mock up the fonts and colors and just applications that you're going to use on the front end. And you wait on the you know traditional logo, whether that's a word mark, which is just the text in a stylized way or an icon that, you know, is more traditional. You get like this little symbol that goes along with your logo. Um, sometimes it's just easier to say, hey, we've got this amount of money. What can you do for this? And I think you've you've got to be aware of what things generally cost in the industry. But again, if you trust this consultant or creative, it's worth investing. And especially if you can keep them for the long haul where they'll actually stick with your brand, they care about your product in the same way. I think the last thing that I, I mentioned here a lot, and I think this bleeds into the messaging as well, is are you what people expected? Um, you know, being really clear on how you're positioning your brand creatively. If your entire industry, uh, maybe it's tech security or some, 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 you know, something like that. There's a lot of blues and greens in that industry, uh, soft blues. Um, and you'll see, you know, kind of stock pictures, all of that stuff. If you're going into that industry to kind of say, we're going to level up what everybody else is doing, we're going to be better than our competitors, then you might decide to use similar colors, um, but you enhance the design quality, right? So you're maybe a little bit bolder, maybe you're, you know, cause you're trying to mirror this bold statement that you're making or, um, you know, thoughts like that. If you're trying to interrupt and say, Hey, this industry does things backwards and we would like to do it in a way that, you know, enhances results and is efficient, 
then it might be wise for you to kind of shift up the colors in the industry and try to stand out amongst them. L little things people don't consider, but ultimately make a huge difference for their brand in the long run. Let's talk a little bit about messaging. I think continuing on the are you what people are expecting. Now, it's easier for people to buy a product when you match similar verbiage that matches a good experience they had with another company. In the ad agency space, we have to change our verbiage sometimes because a lot of ad agencies have burned people. And so you have, we have to communicate what we do in a way that conveys better trust. The reality is <laughs> we are very transparent with our clients and we do everything we can to keep that trust. Um, but a lot of times in our industry, the companies that people are coming from, they don't have that experience. You know, someone said all the right words and then provided a terrible service. So it's important to know what people are expecting. And it's also important to know what they've heard previously. This is all, you know, achievable through just, you know, research and asking whether, you know, even before you start your company, doing some market research with people that potentially could be competitors, asking people that could be potential uh, clients and customers. Um, but you need to make sure that your messaging, your messaging and your offer need to match what this this individual is the, the ultimate decision maker is expecting, whether they're expecting to hear you um, offer your product at a certain price point, th those things. You you can convince people towards a direction once results are proved and you've given them some reason to trust you. But on the front end, you might not even get a phone call if you're just completely using all the wrong words. Um, you know, we, we all know the feeling of being in the room with a potential client and we just we didn't have it that day and the sales meeting went really poorly. And so we knew that customer wasn't coming back. Um, it's kind of the same way on your website. If your offer doesn't make sense, that, and that's a big piece of this too, is it has to make sense. It has to be easy to understand. If it doesn't fit the scope of what this, you know, what the hole that you're fitting in this company, then, you know, you're just going to lose people. Um, and then phrasing that in a way that makes sense to them. It's simple. It's, it's quick. Um, even your landing page, you know, people like to put lots of words that ultimately will drive people away. You really have a few seconds to get their attention up front. And then you maybe have about a minute, minute and a half max once you've got their attention before they're going somewhere else and looking for someone else. And if they don't find, you know, like this is where creative quality comes in. If your buttons aren't standing out on the page for next steps where, you know, maybe they are really interested in your product, but your website was difficult to use. I personally have made decisions to, uh, you know, just go another direction because it was too difficult to use. Um, last thing on my messaging, it is helpful at when you present your offer and when you're discussing, again, we just talked about creative quality. Now we're talking about messaging when it comes to branding. It is important that you give reasons why this makes sense and how it fits differently. Map out the process, map out what you do, describe everything in great detail. Videos are really helpful. Now, it may sound like I'm, it's like, you you know, we're talking about messaging, John, why are we talking so much about videos and other assets here on the landing page? Because if your offer is not clear to people, and it's not simple. If your messaging does not communicate what you do, it doesn't use the words that people are looking for, and it doesn't avoid the words that trigger people, you're not going to get their business. You're not going to get their attention. If you disagree, message me.
we'll talk. <laughs> uh, last thing is the ethos. And this is where, you know, when it comes to branding, I think a lot of people, um, you know, we all feel this. We, you know, someone might say, um, uh, you know, an audible eh sound when a certain brand is referenced. You hear that a lot with um, certain big corporations, especially nowadays, people like to shop local. Um, you know, one, one way that I might describe and that this, this narrative has so many different facets to it. So it's not just an issue of ethos, but, um, you know, there were, there were a significant amount of changes going on in the seventies and eighties with car companies. And Chevy was one of those. Nowadays, if you ask what Chevy does, we may have a, a specific image in our head, especially if we've owned one, but a lot of times we have maybe kind of a confused vision in our head, our, a picture in our, our head of what they do. That's not uncommon. And the reason for that is in the 70s and 80s, um, Chevy really had done well with simple presentation of the cars that they were making. They made a massive push to start making, you know, a broader range of cars to try to meet, make something for everyone. And what they ended up doing, they were selling millions of units uh, in the eighties and by 2001, 2002, um, you know, they were selling less than a, a million units. Um, and, and, and that's, that might sound strange, but what you have there in the ethos is if it's not, you know, let's go back to the creative, the creative was probably fine. We're not really going to comment on that for this scenario. The offer started to get confusing. You know, I, you start to think about cars that, companies that make cars for a certain type of experience or um, use case. And Chevy just started to lose that. So Chevy started to have this confusion with their offer, with how they were talking about it, right? Um, they, you know, they went through stages, even when I was a kid, where they were trying to be like the heavy duty uh, truck production company. And, you know, they still make a variety of cars. And I think we're starting to see that. I mean, you, you have some other companies that do that, but they're also fairly limited. Like there, there was a time when Chevy had the most presentation. Um, and so it just got confusing for people. And so I think it's important as we have this ethos conversation, the third aspect, we talked about creative, we talked about messaging and offer, and now we're talking about ethos. Ethos is how people feel about your brand. And when they ha experience confusion in the offer and communication part of the branding conversation, they start to feel confused about your brand as a whole. And ultimately, they will struggle to even share what you do well. I have been in this scenario as well. I have had times where our creative firm did so many different things, and we truly had those capabilities but it was confusing for people. So they didn't really know how to share what I did. I experienced this because, and maybe this is helpful for you. I experienced this when I went to a networking meeting and uh, we would do this weekly thing where we would share the single need that we have this week and the single offer that we're trying to present. And every week I had a hard time narrowing down because we have multiple entry points and you get this from companies that have a lot of surface, uh, services in their arsenal, uh, people had a hard time latching on to what it was that I did. Along with ethos, you know, a simple question would be, do people speak highly of your product? You know, if you're in the early stages, this one might not matter as much right now because you're still in the build phase. But if you are in the 
um, you know, the, the, the area, the stage of your business where you're actually selling and getting feedback from customers, it is important that you can garner the right kind of feedback because otherwise people, you know, when they hear negative feedback, they go, oh, I guess I'm not going to work with this company because of X, Y, and Z. Along with that, you know, since we've talked about it being clear about what you do, clear that you're a good fit in the reviews that you have around your company, I think the last thing that I like to clarify with this is publicity versus advertising. We separate these things because we believe that they take, you know, each individual effort. Um, a lot of times you'll just hear, you know, agencies throw around marketing, you know, advertising, etc. The reality is, for us that as we present what you do to the market, if you already have good standing with your customers, if there is a general good ethos around what you do, people feel good when they hear your name, they want to work with you, then it's not going to be hard to get you a lot of attention. And because of that, um, we would consider that publicity is really just exposing uh, what people are, are already saying about you, helping you to develop a strategy and processes around how we expose the good kind of attention that you're getting. Publicity is a little bit easier because if you're doing good work, a good example would be a referral strategy. How do we garner more leads and more business by having people that are happy with you share more about your business? That is a fantastic strategy. Uh, and you might argue, well, there's a limit to how much business you can grow um, based on you know just referrals alone. And I, I might ag agree or disagree depending on the day because I do think I've seen exorbitant growth from um, certain companies that are still referral-based or at least mostly referral-based and they're national firms, you know, multi-million dollar companies. But once you've got that attention uh, and that good publicity, it's a whole lot easier to advertise. And advertisement is where, you know, you start actually taking the offer and you take your company and expanding it to audiences that absolutely know nothing about you. We separate those because it changes the effort. Publicity creates the noise around what's already happening. Advertising for us tries to go out and you know, garner new attention, new noise, new sectors, new, you know, even locales. Like if, if you're getting a lot of attention here in Oklahoma where we're based, but you want to do work in New York, then we might advertise targeted areas in that city and even demographic, uh, psychographic information in order to make sure that your, your brand is growing. All of that then creates a feeling. So you're, and, and this is where you can get really segmented publicity you're exposing this already good sentiment that people have, ideally. Uh, advertising starts to create new sentiment in new areas. So all of that to say, the three areas we talked about today, creative, uh, branding, uh, messaging, and offer, and then your ethos. Those are the three main areas that we look at with every company that we work with. And then we do our best to help them garner more attention. Um, you know by addressing some of those things we talked about with creative we talked about quality Sep you know are you uh, trying to separate from the competition or take a step above the competition are you trying to change perception are you trying to differentiate are you what people expected and does your messaging and offer meet their needs and their desires is it clear is it easy to understand 
Uh, have you given really good under reasons as to why it fits your customer? And with your ethos, how people feel when they hear about your brand, when they, they know about you. Um, do you have good experiences there? Do people, you know, think fondly of you? Do they speak highly of your service? Is it clear to them, um, you know, the best ways they can help you so that when they're, they are excited, they can share? Um, and knowing the difference between publicity versus advertising. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, but if you do have any questions, we'd love to help and talk more about how branding, um, you know, and in a quality way really does set you apart from your competitors. I've seen it all too often when these things get ignored and people try to grow, it does make things more difficult. You can reach me at john, J-O-N, at animusdigital.co. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's installment of the Weekly Marketing Minute. Um, we're really grateful to all of the people that you're going to get to hear from soon that we are, um, you know, bringing in as experts alongside us. Um, and it's really cool that um, with Jade and her company being, uh, you know, so well involved in the social media industry um, and some of our experience that we get to kind of share different wins. Um, you know, we do, every company does things in a unique way and, uh, we love, um, getting to share some of those, uh, specific wins that Jade and her team have experienced with you. Um, we're going to include, uh, the link to her website and the link to our social media guide that we referenced, uh, in the podcast, uh, in the, uh, we'll have a few links in the description of this. Um, you can find that on Apple podcasts or Spotify podcasts. Um, but certainly if you have any trouble finding that or have any questions from today's post, um, please reach out, uh, John at animusdigital.co, um, or you can find us at animusdigital.co on our website, um, for just a little bit more information. Thanks so much for joining in today.